Good morning. Well, we are continuing on with Andrew Womack's Discipleship Evangelism Study. And this morning, I hope you ate your Wheaties and drank lots of coffee because it is a super long lesson, this whole half of a page. It's going to be a doozy. Normally, Don Crow's got the longer ones. He tends to be long-winded. He was short-winded today. Apparently, he had something to do. It's a good one, though. <laughs> All right, it's on the object of saving faith. Let's just open with prayer. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for all your blessings, and we just ask for your anointing on this service. We ask for your hand to be upon it. Help us to hear, do, see everything that you want us to see. Help our spirit to be opened and awakened to you, Lord, and everything that you are doing. And, Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this teaching. We thank you for the anointed men of God who have put their time into this, into this discipleship evangelism and into each and every individual lesson. And we just thank you for the wisdom and the revelation that we will get from it. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to be glass house and tell you all what a goober I am. So I've got a microphone in my ear and a microphone in my hand, and I'm going, what in the world? I've only had one cup of coffee, y'all. I know it is unacceptable, isn't it? (laughs) Bless God. I know he looks down at me some days and goes, oh, I created you just to make me laugh. (laughs) That's okay. It is the joke anointing, the comedic relief. You know what? I don't mind being the laughter. (laughs) God likes joy. All right, so this is uh, Lesson 7 of Level 3, The Object of Saving Faith. And it is a short one, but it's a good one. All right, so it says, Suppose that on a man's wedding day, as he stood before the pastor, the pastor suddenly began to say these words. Do you take this woman to be your personal cook, to clean your house and to do your dishes? Do you take her from this day forth to vacuum the floors and to dust the furniture as long as you both shall live? And at this point, the wife is going. (laughs) Priscilla said, that sounds like my vows. Suddenly, his wife-to-be says, stop. If you want me as a person that only does things for you, you can hire a maid. I want you to love me and take me for who I am. If you take me for who I am, I'll do all these things for you. But I want you to take me, all of me. I don't want you to just take my benefits and not my person. A.W. Tozer said this, Now it seems odd that some teachers never notice that the only true object of saving saving faith is none other than Christ himself. Not the saviorhood of Christ, nor the lordship of Christ, but Christ himself. God does not offer salvation to the one who will believe on one of the offices of Christ, nor is an office of Christ ever presented as an object of faith. Neither are we exhorted to believe on the atonement, nor on the cross, nor on the priesthood of the Savior. All of these are embodied in the person of Christ but they are never separated, nor is one ever isolated from the rest. Much less 
are we permitted to accept one of Christ's offices and reject another? The notion that we are so permitted is a modern-day heresy. I repeat, and like every heresy, it has evil consequences among Christians. Abigail, will you throw up John 6, 26, and 27? When I was reading this, this verse came to mind. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. You know, and I think, you know, so many times we seek what can God do for me? You know, we seek the miracles, we seek the blessings, but we forget to just seek Christ himself. Because just like what this wife said, if you receive me, all of me, you get it all. But don't just seek one part of me, because when you do that, there is so much more that you are leaving dusty on the table. And as Christians, we do that so many times. You know, we just, when there's a need, you know, I think about, we, we're coming up on uh, Christ, or Easter and Christmas, and what is it? CEO Christians. Christmas and Easter only. And you look in churches, and you know, those times, typically the churches get a little bit fatter because people realize, oh, oh, we're supposed to be thinking on, you know, life and death and God, and hmm, really not been that good. I better go to church today, you know, because, you know, it is God's day, and, well, it is a big day for God, and, well, maybe he'll see that I'm there. You know, so we just, we seek after the blessings only. But we forget the, un, the other 363 days a year that he is just as real. He is just as present. And his blessings are just as magnanimous. But he is just as much our friend, our savior, our Lord, our healer, our blesser, our all in all. And that's what he wants to be for us every single day. So, you know, when I was reading this, I was like, that is such a good point because we seek one part of him. You know, we get the sniffles and it's like, oh, Lord, please heal me. Or a bill comes late. Oh, God, please bless. Let me go sow something I hadn't sown in a while. Let me go sow this need. You know, we can't do that. We've got to seek God, all of him. Because the great thing is, I mean, you think about husbands and wives. It's the same thing for wives. You know, we don't just seek a man who will... Um, you know, fix our car when it gets messed up or, you know, build our tree house for kids or, you know, whatever. Open the pickle jars when we can't get them open. But when we marry all of that person, we get all of those benefits. And when we marry that person for who they are, how much more, I can speak for wives, how much more wives do you want to keep your house lovely for your husband? How much more do you want to fix his favorite meal because he's seeking all of you and you're seeking all of him because you've poured all of yourself into each other? God is the same way. When we seek all of Christ, he is there hungry to give to us, hungry to bless us. That's why in John 10.10 it says, I came that you have life and life in abundance. And when we seek him, not the life in abundance, when we seek him, we get that life in abundance. 
And so he says, do you get the point? Why do we emphasize a part of Christ, his benefits, an office of Christ and not Christ? That's like taking a wife into marriage as your personal cook and not for her person. You know, when, when I was reading this, I was thinking about the vows too, and it's, you know, till death do we part. It's not only on the convenient days. That's the CEO Christians, you know, when, on the convenient days. For husbands and wives, it's, you know, the day that you don't piss me off is the day that I'll cook your favorite meal, you know. But for Christians, it's the day when it's convenient, you know. I got to bed at 1.30 last night. Do you really think I wanted to get up early? Did not. But do you really think I want to spend time with my Lord and my Savior? Absolutely. It'll do so much more for me than an extra hour or two or three of sleep. Because he is my rest. You know, we have to realize this is not marriage is till death do we part. God is for eternity. There is no death in him. There's only life. So let's move on to our questions. If you'll throw up John 1.12 for me. It says, read John 1.12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, are you ready? This is a really hard question. It says, as many as received who? Him, Jesus is Savior, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is priest. It just says to him, to all who received him. Because when we receive him, we receive Christ, Savior, Lord, priest. We receive them all. So it's like, I mean, really, I sit here and I'm reading this, and I'm like, how dumb would we have to be to just select one when you can have it all? Um, read Acts 16.31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. The question is, we are to believe, that is, trust or entrust ourselves to whom? To Jesus. It's stupid for us to sit here and vote on who we think is going to take care of us. It's stupid to marry the person that we think will best benefit us or to run to mama and daddy when something messes up, when the whole time the word of God says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And I think most of y'all have heard Brian's message on salvation and the word sozo and what it means and all of the blessings that come with saved. So when this says you will be saved, it doesn't just mean you're not going to go to hell. It means you're going to walk a life of redemption, restoration, blessings, healing, provision, hope, love. This is why we go to our heavenly ditty as our source when we need something. Because man can only provide a temporal answer. Luke 6.46 says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't know what I say? And here it says, What does the word Lord imply? Yep, Don says, Master, ruler, boss, the one who has the right to control our lives. This word also implies deity. So it's like, okay, you want me to be your Lord. You want me to be in control of everything, but you don't want to heed my word. 
You know, how many times do we see the word doing that? Devastation happens and suddenly churches fill up. There are prayer walls. There are people calling, you know, for 24-hour prayer lines and everything else. And God's like, where were you all these other days? Where are you in my word? Where are you when it comes to fellowshipping with me? Because had you been in fellowship with me, we could have avoided this. Because if God is our healer and he is our protector and he loves us, don't you think he gives us an out? Don't you think he gives us advance warning? Don't you think he provides the right path? I preached before, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Does his path ever lead to destruction? 2 Corinthians 2.14 says he always leads us to triumph. So he says, why call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I'm telling you to go right to avoid this tragedy. And you go left because you see a shortcut and you think it's easier. Or you see, you know, the pot at the end of the rainbow. But over here I have life and abundance. I am your Lord. I want to be your Lord. But let me be your Lord. Matthew 121 says, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What does the word Jesus imply here? Jesus as Savior. Luke 23, 2. And they began to accuse him, saying, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. They're asking, what does the word Christ imply? Jesus, our king. He's our Messiah. Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And their question is, according to this verse, the gospel or the good news is, it's Christ himself which includes all of his benefits. It's the power of God for salvation. It's that restoration, that redemption, that healing, that power, that love, all of his benefits. That's what it is. Romans 1, 1 through 3. It says, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the land of the, of the, in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh. The gospel of God centers around or is concerning who? God's Son, Christ Jesus. Alrighty. Then they ask, is it concerning part of his son or all of his son? Well, obviously, we've been listening to the message, so we know it's all of his son. Read John six fifty four. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day says, when you eat something, what does that imply? 
<laughs> Rachel says, you're hungry. That's true too, though. Their answer was that you take all of it in. In a sense, what you eat becomes your life, your strength. So when I was reading this, I thought of a donut. You can't eat a donut and only get, you know, the good sugars. You get everything else that comes with it. You know, it's, it's all or none. So you either eat the donut and get everything that comes with it, or you don't eat it. Well, praise God. God is all the good stuff. He's not all the bad stuff like a donut. Donuts are not all bad. Donuts are not all bad, Nancy Bowers. I mean, I just pray the blessings of God over all the bad stuff just passes right through and I just get the good stuff. The only thing is the scripture doesn't go in line with that, but you know, moderation, moderation. Okay, I digress. I get excited with donuts. Praise God, there is not a Krispy Kreme in this town. All right, Galatians 3.27. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. When a person is baptized into Christ, they put on what? They put on Christ, all of him, all the blessings that come with him. Acts 9, 5 through 6. And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting, but get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. When Saul was converted, what two questions did he ask Jesus? He asked, who are you, and what would you have me do? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Romans 7, 4. <laughs> Sorry. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. To whom are we to be married and to what part? To him. And to what part? all of him all are you enjoying a good marriage with Christ is the last question and well he can't give you the answer to this but think on it think on your marriage to Christ your relationship with him your fellowship with him do you talk to him here's a different one do you communicate with him? Because we can talk at him all day long. Do you love him? He says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Now we live under the New Testament, not under the law. We live under grace and mercy. But if we love him, we're going to do the things that we know he desires. Brian has a snack that he likes and kind of like Brian, kind of love him. So I've gone to Wally World, which is love in itself. 
to go to Wally World like four times looking for this cotton picking snack, and it is not to be found right now. <laughs> but I keep going because I love him. Are we that diligent with God? Will we press in and seek? Will we get on our knees four days in a row in prayer? Or do we just do it on Monday because, you know, we just went to church yesterday. So let's start our week good. Let's pray because it is Monday, bless. But do we get up Tuesday morning? Oh, we just prayed yesterday. How about Wednesday? It's hump day. By Wednesday, we're typically, you know, going, oh, will this we can ever get here. You know, we'll do things repeatedly for the people we love. But do we truly love God? Will we do the things that he's asked us to do? Will we press in? Will we not grow weary in well-doing? This is love. Will we worship him? I'll tell myself, used to, before we started pastoring, I'm not this bad anymore. But used to, when I was a baby Christian, I did not want to get in here and sing songs. I'm like, you know what? I got a radio. I can sing songs all week long. Give me the word. But I didn't understand it. I didn't understand that that singing wasn't for me. I'd sit up here in the front row and, you know, because I was married to Brian, we were always front row people. I'd sit up here in the front row and the songs would go up and I'm like, well, this is just great. <laughs> I'd close my eyes so people wouldn't see that what I'm really doing is going, oh my gosh, hurry up. I don't want to sing. I just want to hear some word. I'm trying to grow. Lord, don't these people know I'm trying to grow? It's great that they want to sing songs, lollygag around. Here's what I thought. The songs at the beginning of the service were for all the people that are running late so that they would have time to get in here before the service started. I thought this stupid stuff. This is why I can title on myself. But once I got a hold of the fact that those songs weren't for me, now, do we get blessed through worship? Absolutely. If you don't get blessed through worship, then I, I challenge you to start worshiping. But once I got a hold of the fact that those songs, not only on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, but the songs on the radio, the songs that he puts in my heart, they are to worship him. How about just praising him through the day? Worship doesn't have to come to a tune. Praise God, because I don't have much tune. (laughs) But how many of us see the dogwood? And it's absolutely beautiful. I drove past, I work in Baden, So I'm driving home the other day, and I was boxing Brian about something. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This dogwood tree in front of God's church is absolutely gorgeous. You know, when I got done talking to him, and I'm just driving, I'm just praising God for his beauty. This is worship. It's praising God for his beauty, for his creation, for his majesty, for his goodness. It's praising him that he tells you to drive to the right instead of to the left. It's praising him that you wake up in a wonderful house that kept you out of the elements. It's praising him that you have clothes to put on, that you have coffee prepared for you when you walk into church. It's praising him that when you have a down day, you have people you can call and they will lift lift you up. It's praising him that when you have nobody, you have him. This is worship. 
But so many times in my days gone by, I'd go through the day. I'd get up in the morning and I'd drive to work. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't prayed. I haven't said good morning. Good morning, God. I'm so sorry. Thank you for this day. And then I'd forget all about him the rest of the day until I lay my head on the pillow. And it's like, oh, yeah. Um, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Because I didn't know what else to pray because I didn't have fellowship with him. I didn't have any kind of relationship with him except I knew he was my savior. But I didn't spend time fellowship with him, fellowshipping with him, worshiping him. This is what a marriage is. You know, what if Jeff wakes up in the morning and says, you know, get ready for work and on his drive to work, he realizes I never said hey to Tara this morning. Oh, yeah. Hey, baby, have a good day and hangs up. What if he comes home and he does all of his stuff that he needs to do? He finishes up his paper for work. He fixes dinner or whatever, you know, shoves it in his face and continues what he's doing, turns on the TV, don't watch the news, watches whatever, goes to bed. Oh, I have a wife. Rolls over. Good night, baby. I love you. How long do you think that marriage would last? I don't even give it two days. I'm thinking about the time you roll over and say, oh, good night, baby, I love you. She is probably going to sucker punch you or kick you out of that bed or something. We wouldn't dare do that to our spouse. But how many of us have done that to our Lord? Or only call on them when we need something. Honey, I need you to pick up some peanut butter. I ran out of peanut butter. I really need my peanut butter and jelly sandwich for work. Hey, God, I'm starting to get this sniffle, and well, you know, I've got vacation coming up, and I really just don't want to be sick on my vacation. If you could just send that healing down right now, that would be great. Thank you. So many times this is how we treat God, but we have to realize when we receive him as our Savior, we also need to make him our Lord. And remember what they said Lord meant? Master, ruler, boss, the one who has the right to control our lives, deity. And God does. He has the right to con- or the ability to control our lives. But he loves us enough that he's given us free will. He's given us authority. And that means that relationship we have with him, that marriage we have with him, that's on us. We can make it as great as we want to be. Or it can be as empty as we want it to be. But when we look back one day and we realize there is no substance to this relationship, we have to realize that that's on us. But praise God, we do have a God of grace and a God of mercy. And all we have to do is repent. All we have to do is say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I accepted you as my Savior, but I forgot to make you my Lord. And from this moment forward, I will change that. Because it's not anything you do. It's a decision that you make here, but you make here. You know, we can say all day long, oh, yeah, he's my Lord, he's my Lord, he's my Lord. But if it's not here, we won't do it. So I challenge you today to look at your marriage. Are you communicating with him, not just talking at him? Are you loving him? Are you worshiping him? Are you having that fellowship with him? 
that reset fellowship that we have talked about so much. And if you are, wonderful. I, can t- I challenge you to ramp it up because we can always grow closer. We can always communicate more. We can always put our trust in him more. If we're not walking on water, not frozen water, but real water, if we're not walking into the store and people being healed just because of the power of God is flowing with us, then we can ramp up our relationship with God. But if we aren't, we can change that right now. And it's the decision that we make in our heart. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your son. We thank you that we have received him as our Savior. And if there's anybody watching that has not received him as your Savior, you can do it right now. Lord, we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. We thank you that he died for us and that he rose again so that we may have eternal life with you, Lord. And Father, not only do we receive him as our Savior, but we choose right at this moment to make him our Lord. We choose that we will communicate with him, that we will fellowship with him, that we will love him, that we will worship him, that we will let him be our God daily. And Father, we thank you that as we seek your face, all of those benefits come with you. Father, forgive us for ever just seeking your blessings or your miracles or your gifts. Lord, we choose right this moment that from this point forward, we will seek your face alone. We will seek that true, loving communication and fellowship with you. We will seek that reset fellowship with you one-on-one. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your love that is always present. We thank you for your grace that surrounds us each and every day and your mercy. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Not done. Amen. You want me to sit? You're happy about that, right? If you're happy and you're not, clap your hands. So, you know, one of the things in saving faith is that we make Jesus our Lord which means that he runs our life. So let me just give you an example real quick. Let's say that I wake up in the morning, and uh, Nicole and I are married, and I wake up in the morning, and uh, first thing I do is I roll over, and I just I don't really say anything. I just get up. I ignore like what she was talking about earlier. But then at some point I go, hey, uh, can I have some, w- would you make me some breakfast? And uh, she goes, sure, yeah, I'll make you some breakfast. And, and uh, I don't say thank you. You know, I don't, I don't do anything there. Um, I just, I walk in, I just grab the breakfast and eat it, ignore her, right? And I keep on going throughout the day. I, I pull off uh, that day. I don't tell her bye. I, you know, there's nothing, you know, it's all about me, basically. Then I go through my day. I never think about her. I never call her, right? I come home and let's say that she likes parking on the left side, but I just pull in. I don't even think about what she likes. I just pull right there because I want to, you know. I want to park on the left side, so I'm going to I'm going to park there. 
and then uh, you know I walk in and and she's sitting there and and uh, she you know that evening she really wants uh, steak and cheese and a donut apparently. So, um, <laughs> I really don't want a donut. <laughs> and uh, she really wants steak and cheese, but I'm like, nah, I want pizza. And then we're getting pizza, you know. We're I it. We're just, I'm going to get pizza and, and I'm going to get, you know, cinnamon stuff because I like that better than donuts anyway. So, um, and so I don't consider her and what she eats. I don't consider her feelings. I don't communicate with her. Sit down, maybe we have time to watch TV. And uh, I don't even ask, what would you like to watch? I just turn it to whatever I want to watch, you know. Um, I, I sit down and throughout the whole day, there's zero consideration. Again, how long does that marriage last? Not very long. But what we're really talking about is, are we even considering God as Lord of our life? And see, without, without this, then what's happening is, he's not really Lord. See, if I never went to her and said, what would you like? You know, and I never considered what she wanted or what she desired, that's not relationship. That's just me doing what Brian wants to do. But relationship says, hey, what, what do you want? You know, it's unconditional giving. But with God, it's even more than that. It's, it's unconditional giving toward, towards God. But you've got a heavenly father that loves you and wants the best for you. Right. Why in the world would, and he has like, you know, unlimited knowledge about your life, where you're going, what's coming up in your future. How much should we actually look and listen to what he does and do things whether we like it or not? But we've made such a habit of focusing on ourselves and focusing on us that what happens is we walk through life, we never even consider Jesus and his leading. We don't consider. And see, and, and here's one of the things. Let's say that I grew up in a church that believed in, you know, a man or a husband putting his thumb on his wife, you know, that always keeping them in submission and control. Let's say that I grew up in a church that believed that. Well, that really does not line up with the word. It's not, that's not the word. Mm -hmm. But let's say that I grew up in church and I thought that was God, right? Just because I think it's God doesn't make it right. And so if I never back up and consider the things of God, I'll never start moving into what is actually God. In other words, I've got to take this whole life, everything I'm doing, every consideration, and I've got to hand it to God and say, Lord, you're Lord here. You're Lord in this life. This is yours. Let me consider you now. What should I be changing? What should I be looking at? You know, are there things that I think are right that are wrong? And the answer I can tell you with all of us is yes, there are. Every single one of us. There's things you're doing you think is God and it's not, including me. And so we've got to back up to the place where if we're talking about the faith that saves us, then we've got to line up with God that says, look, he really is our Lord. In other words, I've got to give him the directorship. The, the lordship of my life. I've got to let him lead me. I've got to back up and say, let you be Lord. I've got to back up and say, I'm humble enough to recognize I might not have it all together. And boy, Jesus, I really, really need your direction. 
And this is what's going on a lot of times in people's lives. And this is where the rubber meets the road in Christianity because most people, they are not willing to do this. They've been going to church all their life, but they're living life the way that the world has taught them, not the way that the Word has taught them. And so when they never take into consideration or never take anything into consideration that I may actually have to change, they just keep going on life, putting God's stamp on it, and God's nowhere near it. And the world goes, what kind of crap is that? Yeah. Because they recognize it. What kind of junk is that? They recognize it for what it is. And yet we'll go through life continually stamping the God stamp on it and God's not anywhere near it. So that would be a horrible relationship if I never considered you as my wife. Well, what kind of relationship is it if I never consider God? Maybe, maybe in my actions, maybe in my thoughts. All right, Lord, should I even be thinking this? All right, Lord, should I actually be saying this, you know? Am I always, do, do I always talk about me and my family to everybody and everything? And am I even considering that I might be doing that? Or am I just going through life doing whatever I feel like doing? See, and this is exactly who God's talking about when he says, look, Lord, we did this and this. He says, depart from me, I never knew you. Even though you say, Lord, Lord, that doesn't make you born again. What makes you born again is the fruit of that salvation because you've chosen in your heart to make him Lord. That means I consider him. I'm willing to change for him. I'm willing to go about everything that he has for me and not stopping short of giving him it all. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just ask right now, as we wrap up, show us those things, Father. You know, Father, I just, in, in, in front of you and in front of everybody, you know, the issues that I deal with as a pastor, almost, you know, well, not almost, all the time, the issue really is not whether or not people want better things in their life. The issue is that they haven't considered you and made changes because of it. They want things to get fixed, but then they don't want to stop and take the time to consider you as they're messing them up. Lord, we need to be proactive. And Father, I just ask that you will show us proactively where are the areas that we're not even considering you? What are those areas? Lord, let me, this, this is not your job to come in here and magically make it all go away. You've already done everything and paid a price, and it wasn't magic. It was costly. It's my job to consider myself and judge myself so that I'm not judged. And Lord, as a pastor, I know that when people do that, things change in their life. And the life of God can be released and manifested in so many ways. Father, I ask that you just help us see clearly. Remove the veils of deception where we're just blowing through life and not even considering the fault of our own. And not worshiping you enough to consider you. Lord, we just repent for that. I just ask you, Lord, that you will show those areas where we can make Jesus Lord in every way. Father, we praise you and we love you. 
Lord, we, we declare today you are the Lord of our life, and we will consider you in all things yeah. in Jesus' name. And we believe that you died for us and that you gave us a faith and you gave us your life so that we might be saved. And Lord, we as Christians don't sit back and tell the world how wrong they are, but yet not consider our own faults. That would be hypocritical. But we're the kind of people that will step into the fullness of what you have for us and not blame others, but take a look at ourselves always first. Lord, we receive your correction. We receive your rebuke so that we may be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a great day.